Welcome to Off The Bounce. This is the NBA podcast that you did not know you needed in your life. I'm your host, Kajan, and as always, I'm joined by Viknesh. Hey, hey. And Nissan. What's going on, folks? You know I got your fun fact. And did you guys know that Kawhi Leonard is actually a robot? He has no feelings. Except at the end of Game 7, where the robot turned out he had a soul after all. But guys, before we get into the show... There's something important that I need to play for you. Hey. Does it, does it sound familiar? Whoa. Whoa. Oh, okay. Jurassic Park, stand up. What a thrilling game seven in Toronto. We got to start with that. We can't end with that. We got to start with that. Guys, how were you feeling throughout the game? And what were you feeling at the end of Game 7 of the Toronto Raptors versus the Philadelphia Bums? You mean the Sixers? You mean the Bums? (laughs) The Bums. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be honest, I felt like the Raptors played like crap, first of all. But, hey, it it is a Game 7. And, you know, Game 7 execution... Game plan execution kind of goes out the window because everyone like feeling the nerves, feeling whoa, the heat. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're pretty snarly right now. You, 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 you biting right now, eh? We have a big Played time like victory. Crap! This what guy coming mean? out. This guy. This guy. Well, let's be jump. honest. They, they... Hey, hey! What did I just say? Bell's up. I see you. Back up. <laughs> you better back okay. up. Well, come on. Let's 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 be honest. Like we didn't really play a great game, um, but. Hey, when it mattered most, they, they guess who stepped up? Yeah. Not even stepped up. Yeah. Guess who took us to the promised land? Exactly. Who this delivered us probably the most, no, the most iconic shot in Raptors history and probably one of the most iconic shots in NBA history. Yeah. He, right? He, he's an alpha dog. He's a, he's a predator. I don't give a damn about the pasta. We don't give a damn. He don't give a damn. <laughs> Ain't nobody give a damn. Joel Embiid don't give a damn. <laughs> what Joel Embiid? Guess who's on that plane all the way home today? <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> I, th- said, I, think you? I think it's it's next to the Jordan iconic shot, which I was I didn't watch, but um, against Cleveland, not the same as a game seven though, because this being the first ever game seven buzzer beater to win the series. Mm. And like I feel like there should be there should be like a sound effect. Do we have a sound effect for like every different language or like a couple different languages? Yeah, yeah. I th- listen, we got audio from all Do over we? the world. All over the world. Let's start off with uh, our TNT broadcast. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Ooh, chills. Ooh. Chills. Are you are you wondering what it sounded like in Spain? Apologize. I think that was a South American broadcast, actually. But are you curious how it sounded in Portuguese? Yeah. Do you guys, do you guys want to know? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Buscando ele, Kawhi. Com certeza ele vai tentar o chute. Kawhi Leonard. Foi pra zona morta pro arremesso. 
Now, that's not the only place they were broadcasting the game. This there's, is a there's global more? game. There's, this is a global game. The NBA game. is a global sport. Yeah. Um, here's Korea for you. Is he telling it to drop? He's going to drop. Leonard! Kawaii Leonard! Oh, that was epic. Uh, here, here's the actual, like, Spain. Spain, European Spanish for you. Everyone, all over the world, NBA fans rejoice. It was one of the most iconic moments in NBA history. Sports history. Sports history. But you're right. The first half was some of the sloppiest basketball I've ever seen. One of the lowest scoring halves in the playoffs. It was tight, back and forth. Call it game seven nerves. But after the half, they came out swinging. And I have to say, the Raptors played some of the best defense of their lives even though shots were not going down for the rest of the team. But shout out to Kawhi, who realized that the shots weren't going for the rest of his team. Put the city on his back. Hold on. Put the country on his back. 37 million people. And showed us why he is a bona fide killer. Surely the most formidable hunter of all. Of all! Of all! He's a bad man. He's definitely a bad man. I mean... The Raptors, it was definitely Game 7 nerve, but there were a lot of open shots these guys gave Wide. up. Wide. And they can't do this this next series against the Bucks, Mm-mm. Like, not at all. And I think Shaq put it, like, he said it the best. It's like, it's fine to have one game where you literally lean on your superstar player to carry you to the end, and that's exactly what they did. Like, he put up 39 shots, made 16 of them, one of them being the most iconic, but this cannot happen, like, next series. But... I mean, I get it. Like, Pas- like Pascal looks scared. Even Marcus Gasol, who has enough, you know, playoff experience, was all- looked kind of scared. But kudos to the defense. Like, three good defensive stops. Kyle Lowry with the clutch steal. Mm, mm. Kyle Lowry with the big back-to-back offensive board to, to get like, Kawhi that open three. It was insane. That whole entire sequence, I can just, like, it's replaying in my mind. But yeah, okay. This is like when the Jays had that fifth inning against the Texas Rangers back in 2015. Oh, the it was one of those iconic moments in I, Toronto I, sports history. I, I, I got to say, this moment trumps that moment. Uh, okay, that's, that's for another show. That's for another show. But, you know, what was poetic about this is that it's a Sunday you know, game seven, end of the week, or beginning of the week, depending on how you look at it. But Kawhi took these guys, Kawhi Leonard, he took all of the Philadelphia Sixers to Sunday service. Oh. Oh, we're talking about this kind of service. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Right. He's taking Kanye. us to church, like too. Kanye service. <laughs> Wait for it. Oh. That laugh is haunting them right now. It's haunting them. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. It, it, uh, you know, listen, I, uh, I don't want to put salt in the wound, but in game three, when you're making plain symbols and blowing kisses to the fans and all that kind of stuff and jeering, in game three at home, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to get burned a little bit when something like this comes back your way. And Danny Green even said it best on his Green Room podcast. He was like, after game three, um, no one was happy with Joel Embiid's antics. Like, mm-hmm. right when the shot went in, 
Danny Green was like, I had a rant ready. Like, I was going to go up to Joel Embiid. When I talked to him, I was going to give it to him. Like, yeah. yo, you deserve, like, like a rant. Yeah. But then the entire team saw how Joel Embiid reacted, and they were all like, yo, he's just a kid. Yeah. He, he's like, he's, he plays basketball the right way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the antics are not cool, whatever. Yep. But, hey, let's not, let's not kick him while he's down. So that's a great lesson for Chris Broussard, who continuously calls the Raptors and Canada soft. We know how to win graciously, and we know how to lose graciously, too. Canada, Canada is soft. It, they're not. You're I soft. Like too, but it's soft. <laughs> You're no, soft, Chris. Drake is a dope rapper. Mm, Broussard needs to take you. Listen, you got to come here for the final. Oh, you, so. you got we'll he's gonna He's going to come here, so you know what? Yeah. You know little, what? Little, little you know do what? you know that... We're we're on national broadcast as well. I mean, I don't know if people know this, but Off the Bounce was actually on City TV News about this game. Did you guys know about this? Wait, no. What? Of course you knew about this because you were on the show. So here, we actually got the snippet for you. Let me let me play it for our audience. Off the Bounce is legit. I'm telling you, we're big, and you better get <laughs> on board now because if you're trying to get on the bandwagon a year, two years from now, I don't know if we're going to have space. Still clearly euphoric over that amazing shot by Kawhi in Game 7, but how much are they willing to give up if it guaranteed an NBA oh, championship for the Raptors? Oh, no. Uh, the Leafs, the Jays, Toronto FC. Uh, mm, that sounds house, like you. Uh, my job, everything. <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, I'm probably yeah, willing to give up. I hope, you're, I hope your boss is not listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that wasn't enough, we actually had our uh, co-host Nissan interviewed as well. Wait, what? Literally any assets that I own. Um, oh no! Probably my girlfriend as well. Oh no! Uh, You're willing to give up your girlfriend for Raptors championship? If I could get the keys to the city, I'd give that to Kawhi. But yeah, anything really, anything I can. <laughs> Thanks so much. If his girlfriend's watching, I'm not responsible for their breakup. Oh boy! Yeah. Listen, listen. Yeah. At the end of the day, ball is life. Oh, ball is life. And uh, say it again, brother. Ball is life, mm. and I want to see the Raptors bring home that chip. Oh, can I get an amen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a euphoric experience for the entire city. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, they, they, they literally were like Daenerys on that dragon at the end of uh, episode five here. Just laying waste where they could and ensuring that they took this country to the Eastern Conference Finals for 2019. Let's, let's, be, let's be 100% clear. Yep. Um. Yeah, the basketball wasn't great mm. that the Raptors played, and even the Philadelphia 76ers played. It got played. better. It got yeah. better. But, hey, it's not right to say that defensive basketball is bad basketball because mm. defensively, the Raptors had the clamps. Mm. Yeah. Right? We got three back-to-back 24-second shot clock. I think two of them, and then it was, a tur- it was like a turnover. Tur- a a turnover, shot. pretty much. Yeah. Bad mm. shot. Pretty yeah, much. pretty much. Pretty much. It was, it was canceling Christmas for them. Christmas is canceled. Yeah, it's like, no, 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 no free presents here. Not in a game seven. Yeah, and then Kyle Lowry with a huge steal. Yeah. Ibaka, did you see what he did over Ben Simmons? Like, mm-hmm. fakes. Does that KD type, yep. you know, fadeaway shot. I'm like, what the f- are you doing? Oh, great shot. Great shot. That mm. was me. I mm. think that was everybody <laughs> watching it. It was, it was definitely, whoever has, you know, heart problems or heart issues or like high blood pressure, I feel like they probably didn't show up to work the next day. It's very tough. It's um, very tough. I don't think I've. I think it's that. just. Part, I think it's part of being a Raptors fan, though. You, I mean, I was like almost shaking, and I just couldn't sit in my seat watching that last sequence of basketball. And I feel like every Raptors fan felt like that. Do you? Do you? Do you remember 
2001. Oh, I do. Right? Unfortunately. Didn't it feel like poetic justice? It did. And, you know, 2001, you know what? It really came to the realization. I came to the realization, like, it's just not fair. With the team that we had, with the talent that we had, it's just not fair. I didn't believe that the Philadelphia 76ers, the Iverson-led 76ers, 76ers were actually a better team than us. Who do they have? Eric Snow, Dikembe Mutombo, who was on the back end of his career. Corver, yeah. Corver. They had a very young Iguodala. Um, it just it didn't feel fair. Okay? Uh, that being said, this feels very, very sweet. Even sweeter because of that, what happened 18 years ago. Poetic justice, man. I'm telling you. And you know... It, you you got to appreciate this. This, yeah. is, this is the things you got to appreciate is that if they had a better coach, if the 76ers had a better coach, I'm sorry, Brett Brown, but if they had a better coach, I don't see us winning that series. Because you could have came back to everyone's hot topic for this season. How do you like load management now? <laughs> this whole load management thing, and especially even in that game, to put Embiid 45 minutes you know, you, you didn't want to pace it out a little bit so that he actually had some spry young legs in that third, fourth quarter where he couldn't even jump to get these rebounds and Serge Ibaka was jumping over him like a, a Congolese Superman. Come he, on, man. He, Come he, on. Here's what I think it is. It's like Joel Embiid didn't even post up once near the end of the game. Everything, mm. all his looks were facing the basket. When We know Joel Embiid is a deadly like post-up player. But then again, credit to the Raptors, for throwing the double, even the triple at times, mm-hmm. at the right moment to fluster Joel Embiid and lead him into a bad shot. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, to begin the third, right out of the gate, the 76ers came with that 16 to nothing run. Yep. And I was like, okay, this, is, looks, this looks kind of tough. Yep. Right? Yep. But the Raptors just weathered that storm, yep. made a run of their own, yep. and then just defense just took over. Yep. But here's what it is. Like, you're right. Like, against Milwaukee, I don't know if. Kawhi Leonard taking 39 shots is going to work. Yeah. Before we move on to the next uh, game that happened, um, I just, I just want to play this one more time. Can, I, can you guys indulge me? Can I play yeah. it one more time? It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Yes, you are. Let's wind it back to the earliest game of the last four games that happened over the weekend. Uh, you know, right after our recording, it was the Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics. I don't want to spend Ooh. too much time on this. Uh, I just want to say that I called it. I told you this was going to be a 15 to 20 point blowout. They're going to build that lead and step on their necks a bit. Uh, Boston Domus. Were A, you guys surprised at overall of how this series went? Like, we all had Milwaukee winning it, but did you, were you surprised at how and, and the demeanor of which it was won? Yeah, I was surprised, actually, because I expected more from them. And I know they had a shaky season and very questionable coming into the playoffs, but, you know, they handled their business in the first round, right? They You're talking about the Celtics, right? Mm. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about Celtics, yeah. Like, they handled their business in the first round, and now it's like, you know, Everyone's like, oh, they're back. Like, 4-0 sweep. Interesting. Okay. Against the Milwaukee Oh, Paul Bucks. Pierce. I didn't know the series was over. Oh, let's not talk about him. But it was surprising. I, I mean, ultimately, I did have the Bucks winning the series. Um, I felt like it would be like a game six or seven. But for them to just give it away, 
it was it was interesting and i think it was just a lot of the team dynamics and their chemistry and again i think it just whatever happened in the regular season just kind of carried over and again minus that first round where they did do the sweep and i think a lot's going to be changing this summer danny ainge has a lot of uh a lot of chess moves to make so it's gonna be interesting here's what i learned from the most from that series is that it all comes out to like all these conversations that we're having about like we have in the risky Fox office and stuff about sacrifice. Right. Mm. And talent wise. Yeah. Boston was much deeper talent wise than Milwaukee. Right. But it all comes down to, Hey, as a team, you can't just throw the best players together and then assume that they're going to win. Right. Someone's got to sacrifice. You got to play as a team. Mm -hmm. What they did was not play as a team. Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving was like, 7 for 22, 8 for 22, and then 7 for 22 again, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the entire time, like, he wasn't... They, you just... You, you saw that. It, yeah. like... You, you definitely saw... There was that... And you see that most... Mostly on the defensive end, where there's a lack of defensive cohesion. Yeah. You're not playing team defense. You're playing yes. individual defense. Right? And, yeah. After the first game, I was like, whoa, this could be interesting. Can they contain Giannis? Because we know that... Boston is a, is a short team, mm-hmm. right? They're a smaller team. They don't have the size that Milwaukee has. Mm-hmm. They couldn't contain LeBron. Mm-hmm. Giannis is probably two inches taller than LeBron mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. has a wingspan that's probably, like, much longer than LeBron's as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, if they can contain Giannis, then, then we're definitely going to have an interesting series. Um, but no. Yeah. Uh, I was definitely surprised. I thought this would go at least uh, six games. Um, and I thought it'd be more of a contest, uh, but it, again, you're right. It just shows that when that team chemistry is missing, it it, it is most evident in these high uh, high profile teams. You know, when you're in a big market city with big market names, like it, again, you to go that far. Game seven last year with your bench essentially uh, this year's bench, aside from your two most expensive and best players, right? Um, it's, it's crazy to see. I was definitely surprised, but I'm super happy for Milwaukee and I'm just, I'm, I'm happy Paul Pierce, uh, sucks and I'm, I'm glad that his prediction was wrong and I'm, I'm happy that the entire NBA world will not let him forget that, uh, Paul Pierce sucks. Take that for data. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Portland, Denver, another game seven on Sunday. Uh, really quickly, we don't need to spend a lot of time here. I just want to point out that when the Portland Trailblazers were down 17, I made a little bit of a bet because the odds were really nice. And I made some decent coin on the Trailblazers coming back and winning this game. So let me ask you the question. Were you surprised at the Trailblazers comeback or were you expecting this from them? My answer is twofold. Mm. Yes, I was surprised and no, I was not surprised. Okay. Because while you were, you know, making some coin by mm-hmm. uh, by betting when there were seventy points down, mm-hmm. me and me and Isanth were having a conversation about, okay, is this is is Denver going through? And I was like, well, I I don't see them coming back because it's hard because it's on the road. But I'm like, hey, Portland has the more veteran experience, so I think it's tough. So I think it's going to come down to that. And ultimately, that's what it came down to, right? Like Damian Lillard's having a bad game in Game Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, for all intents and purposes, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap wasn't having his greatest game, and he was really good this entire series. But Jokic stepped up, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, home court advantage. Denver's been the best home home team in the league this entire season. 
All right, this seems this has all all of the this is all the ingredients for a game mm-hmm. seven blowout, right mm-hmm. at halftime. But then where Damian Lillard was like kind of slacking, CJ McCollum was there to pick up that slack, and that's what really showed me. Okay, yeah, I, I even though we make fun of Portland for all their losing. They definitely do have playoff experience. Yeah. And I'm really happy that, like, it was this Portland team, right? Mm-hmm. CJ and Dame, who they were saying, you know, you're going to have to break this up. They can't do this themselves. I'm glad that they won. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. crazy to say that that was the talk. It's like you got to have, you know, one of them on the team and build around that versus two of them side by side. And you know what? I really hope Jennifer is happy out there. Mm. Uh, Shout out to Jennifer. Because they just won another playoff series. But the way to see CJ McCollum take over on both ends of the court, um, it, just to attest to what you said, it's, I think it is the veteran experience, but also Denver still being a little young. But I mean, scary. they are the, the eighth youngest team mm. to ever play in a playoff series. Yeah. Mm. That should show you how young they are. Mm. Uh, shout out to Jennifer, like you said. I mean, CJ McCollum is the real star. I was not surprised that the Trailblazers were going to come back and make a contest out of this. Like, that's why I put the money on them to come make that comeback. Uh, but I did not expect CJ McCollum to lead that comeback, especially with that LeBron-esque uh, block on the other end late in the game. I did not expect that. Um, I, I, I was watching this game, and the, what really stuck out for me is that when a team has absolutely nothing to, I don't want to say nothing to lose, but it seems like they're out of it. Like they're absolutely out of it. I guess a better way of saying it is backed into a corner. You get to see the real character come out. And they did not give up. They fought back at the late of the second quarter and went into the halftime, rallied clearly, and they came out with some staggering quarters, 32 in the third quarter, 29 in the fourth quarter, and held uh, Denver to only 48 points in the second half themselves. So shout out to them. Absolutely phenomenal. And I will say I'm rooting for them against the Golden State Warriors. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, On that note, let's move on to the Houston Golden State. Oh. Ooh. 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 Ugly. Ugly. Warriors, without KD, we were all pretty much predicting a Game 7, that this was going to come back to the Bay. Uh, I guess Steph and Clay heard our podcast, and they were like, hell no. Hell no. We don't want any more games uh, with Houston. We're done with this. We're going to show you that, oh, I don't know, maybe about four years ago, we're the ones that won the championship in the first place. Let's show you what we're all about. Steph, one of the coldest starts he's ever had in a playoff game, let alone, I think, his career, no? In his career, and finished the game with 33 points in a, a quarter and a half of scoring. So what was more impressive? Clay's full game uh, stat line and his performance or what Steph pulled off in a quarter and a half? Oh, it's definitely Steph. Because I feel like, you know, Houston thought that they had a... Uh, he was having a bad series. On top of that, CP3 not letting him practice before the game. I think that was Ooh. a little bit of karma. And I think Steph was just here to remind us all that why he was back-to-back MVP, the best shooter from three-point, and be- the best shooter overall. And I think it was a big game for him. And it was a statement game for him. And I think he needed that for his confidence. But I also think just to rub it in their face a little bit, put a little salt in the wound, especially for CP3. Um, 
I think that was more important because without that, I don't I don't see them winning. Even if it was just Clay going off and maybe Steph was to chip in maybe a ten or fifteen, like he needed all thirty three of those points. But him going off in the second half is what gave them that little bit of adrenaline to kind of close it out. That is true, but you are wrong, my friend. Okay, you are wrong. Well, all right, because we all know that Steph can go off. At any given moment, right? Obviously, you know, zero points at the half, we're all like, yo, Steph is having a bad game. But it's like, still got to play. It doesn't mean that you can leave Steph wide open from the three, right? Just because he's scored zero points. What was more impressive was Clay Thompson. Like, he's, again, like, because Steph did it in the fourth quarter, and, like, that's talked about more because that's closing out the game. We're forgetting everything that Clay was doing the entire first half to keep them in this game. He was literally willing them. Nobody could buy a bucket on the Golden State Warriors. And, St- and sorry, and Clay was not only keeping them in the game offensively with his threes, he was also guarding James Harden, right? So I think Clay's contribution obviously goes underappreciated, but is also the most important part of this game because he not only hit the dagger three, right, Clay, he also kept them in the game. Tied at halftime going into the second half. I have to say, though, you're both wrong. You're actually both wrong. The most important player in this game six against the Houston Rockets in Houston yep. is Draymond Green. Without his performance in that game, seven assists, 10 rebounds, malicious, absolutely breaking the spirits of the Houston Rockets, you do not have a platform in which Klay uh, Thompson and Steph Curry get to shine. So they were phenomenal performance for the ages, but everyone is not, you know, they're almost, almost everyone is ignoring the fact that Draymond Green was the best version of himself in this game and was the glue that brought this team together to execute a game like, a victory like this in enemy territory. You know what? I'm hearing my answer, both your answers, and I think I got to change my pick. I think it, I mean, it's all three of them collectively. Draymond does that almost every other game. Um, Clay are we, are, are we does gonna, it every game six? Are but, we going to finally admit that there's a playoff Draymond? Uh, there's always been a playoff Draymond. There's always a playoff Draymond. Uh, yeah. You take the good with the bad, but the best version, you wouldn't trade him for the th- world. I think Houston kind of shot themselves in the foot. Whoa. Actually, let's be real. Harden not making a bucket in the fourth. Like how how do you go? How does your best player on your team, MVP candidate, you know, averaging thirty plus points regular season, I think this uh, playoffs as well. How do you go scoreless in the fourth? I mean, he did hit a three, but it was like when the game was tight. That doesn't even count. Like this is where guys superstars shine, and him being a superstar. Like if Steph can do it, why can't Hart? Now I'm not saying they're both exactly the same player, but. We've seen Harden go off. You know, I, I just realized uh, we're all wrong. We're actually all wrong. Oh. Yeah. The, the standout player um, was actually someone else entirely. It's somebody, it's somebody that wasn't even playing in this game. Oh. oh. It's somebody that is a self-described fun guy. Oh. It's somebody that had no emotions when the time was right. Ice cold, who's willing to put an entire nation 
on his back. And instead of me going on and on, let's just hear it from the TNT crew. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Ladies and gentlemen. Kawhi Leonard is the MVP of Game 6 between the Warriors <laughs> and the Rockets as well. The, North the best part is, did you guys hear his post-game where he was... Did you guys hear that at all? What do you say? So let me quote this. He's like... Because they asked him about being a fun guy, and, and he, this, is, this, is his, this is his response. Fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe, but this does put a smile on my face. Ooh! What? Did he actually <laughs> say that? No, but if Kawhi was Thanos, that's what he would say. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in the universe. Uh, we were going to end on that sound effect, and Nissan had to drop that in. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thank you all for listening to this very, very, very special episode of Off the Bounce. We have another episode coming not tomorrow, but the day after uh, where we talk about the draft. The draft is happening. We're going to give you... Our We already did our prediction, but we're going to give you our opinions from the draft, talking about what transpired and where we see the league going in the next season. Until then, we'll see you next time. Peace, peace. See ya, folks.